Welcome to the Chocolate Cake Bites podcast. This is a podcast where we will discuss the sweet nuggets of goodness that come from living the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Ken Williams. The opinions, attitudes, thoughts, and ideas that we discuss are those of the hosts and guests and are not necessarily a reflection of the actual doctrines of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's conversation. And I am um, slightly uh, sorry. <laughs> about last week. Last week, I didn't post anything for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, really, it was one reason. I just didn't, <laughs> I didn't have anything recorded. Uh, I was on a cruise last week, and I had uh, full intentions of putting some, something together and getting it out, and um, I had some ideas on what we were going to talk about, and I had my, actually, I brought my recording equipment, and I was going to get it all put together, and I was, it was all, it was all part of the plan. And then it didn't happen because I got uh, wrapped up in life. And really, um, that's that's what happened. So there you go. Um, so I'll get you caught up on my life. Actually, no, I won't. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that uh, the cruise was amazing-ish. Uh, <laughs> it was fantastic. And uh, not exactly what I had planned. So um, I took Edison with me. Edison is my youngest, and because he was on fall break, he got to go. We had a we had a great time. I had a great time. I guess he can tell you whether he had a great time. He is sixteen and thinks that the sullen teenage um, persona <laughs> is is what's expected, and. So when I asked him if he had a good time, if he would do another cruise, I guess, like you would probably expect from a 16-year-old, but it was great. And so here we are a week later. I thought when I come back, when I came back Monday night, late Monday night, I thought, nope, 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 not going to happen. Wasn't feeling, just wasn't feeling it. Wasn't feeling great. So Tuesday, then turn into Wednesday, then Thursday, and here we are now, Friday morning. And it is uh, too late <laughs> for me to post something last week. So here we are this week, and maybe, um, maybe I've got a couple, uh, a couple thoughts. The thought that I want to spend just a few minutes talking about is perfection. The there's the commandment, there's the scripture. We have it a couple places. Uh, they're in the Bible. Be be ye therefore perfect. And I think there's a lot of confusion about what perfect is. And I, I'm saying this as a recovering perfectionist. One of the things that I've learned about myself is that I don't like looking foolish. And another thing that I've learned is that I had been putting the responsibility on other people to determine whether or not what I did was foolish or made me look foolish. And it was based on my assumptions about what other people would think or say or do, imagine, I don't know. And um, learn some things, learn some things through 
experience, through, through observation, through just um, really most of it was on my own personal experience, that um, that's not where perfection is. That's not, that's not what the goal is. The goal is not to avoid looking foolish. The goal, I don't know. I'm not there yet. I haven't figured out what the goal is. But let's talk about perfect and why this is such a tricky topic for a lot of us. Um, I have not explored a lot when it comes to scrupulosity, but I've heard about people who have struggled with scrupulosity. Scrupulosity is, and I don't know if I'm going to get the technical definition right, but it is an OCD condition from a religious standpoint. It is the relentless pursuit of perfection. And when we have scriptures that teach us, be ye therefore perfect, it sounds like a commandment, be perfect. It can become very challenging to separate that, that idea that we need to become perfect. We also have scriptures that teach us that no unclean thing can dwell with God. And so if we are imperfect, which we are, and that's 100% of us, we're imperfect. We're not perfect beings. If we are imperfect and we have this uh, supposed commandment to be perfect with the understanding that no unclean thing can enter the presence of God, then it can become a challenge in our life to to try to attain what is ultimately impossible. It is not possible for us to achieve perfection. If you look at the footnote, if you have the uh, King James Version of the Bible that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints puts out, there is a footnote, and I am not looking at it right now, so I don't know if it's from the Greek translation or if it's from um, something else. But in that scripture, be therefore perfect, the word perfect doesn't mean without flaw. The word perfect means complete or finished. And when is something finished? <laughs> In some cases, it's never finished. My kitchen remodel, uh, several years later, still not finished. But for us, for us on our path to perfection, when are we finished? And I think the answer is at the end. We're finished at the end. At the end of our journey, to perfection at the end. When we are done <laughs> on this journey towards perfection is when we're finished. That's when we're complete. That's when we're, that's when we're done. That's when we're complete, perfect, finished. So this mortal life, not the end, not the finish point, not the end of the race. So, why do we put the pressure on ourselves to achieve perfection today? I was talking to a friend who made the comment about in her life, she was chasing perfection because she thought it would mean something about her. She thought it would mean that she was um, worthy of love or worthy of the uh, cleansing, atonement, cleansing power of the atonement of Jesus Christ or worthy of... Um, 
worthy of of being a a valued child of God. And so I want to address a couple things with that. Number one, none of that's necessary. None of that's necessary. It is there is no prerequisite to being loved by God. God is our father. And I have five kids. I <laughs> am not anywhere close to a perfect person. And even when my kids are not perfect, even when my kids are, and I don't even know if I like using that word anymore, but even when my kids are not doing the things that I would like them to do, or they're not behaving in a manner that's consistent with what I think their potential is, it doesn't change my love for them. I can be frustrated. I might be disappointed, but it doesn't mean that they're not loved. And I think the same is true with us and our heavenly parents. Even when we do things that are not consistent with what they may imagine, or we may imagine that they want for us, it doesn't change the fact. It doesn't mean that we're not loved. It just means that we're not acting consistently with what we imagine <laughs> they probably want. And so I'm preparing some thoughts for a fireside, a, a Turtle House fireside that I'll be giving soon on um, laying, laying your burdens at his feet. And I'm not going to get into all that. I may record part of it. I may um, restate part of it because I'll probably come up with better ideas after the fact. And I'll, <laughs> I'll may, I may show that on the podcast. But um, as I've been preparing for that, I've been rereading the book, Original Grace by Adam Miller. And I've referenced that a few times, and I think that we'll probably have some more conversations about Original Grace. But one of the things that struck me as I read the book is the dichotomy between what we believe in the church, what we believe from a doctrinal standpoint, and how that's vastly different in some cases from what we believe from a cultural standpoint. And I'll give you an example. The doctrine, there's a story, and I don't have it. There's my phone dropping. <laughs> there's a story in the Bible about a man who is blind. And the disciples come to Jesus and they say, so who was the sinner that caused this man to be born blind? Was it the man himself? Was it his parents? Was it somebody else? Who was who behaved poorly that would result in this man being blind? And Jesus changed the terms of the question. He didn't answer the question. He changed the question. He answered a different question. He said, no, the man wasn't a sinner. It wasn't the parents' fault. They didn't do anything. He's blind so that people can see the power of God. That's a beautiful thought. And so on one hand, what if we think about all of our challenges that way? That our challenges, and this is one of the things that that Adam Miller just kind of puts out there in his in his book, that what if there's no punishment? What if our mistakes, our sins, our weaknesses are not punished by God? There are, of course, natural consequences. If you do something unkind, there may be some natural consequences. If you do something illegal, there may be some natural consequences. But he says, and I'm, I'm tending to agree with him, that 
that's not God. That's not God who's causing things to happen that feel like punishment. That's just the natural result of some of the mistakes that we make. One of the things that I've been thinking about is that we have imperfect bodies. We have imperfect spirits who make imperfect choices. We were born of imperfect parents. Our imperfect parents may have taught us things or may have said things or may have believed things or may have instilled in us things that are not consistent with what we may later learn to be true. As an example, we may have gained a message as we're raised, as some, I know some people have gained this, and I think uh, to some degree, maybe I did, that we have to accomplish some level of goodness in order to be loved, whether that's loved by our parents, loved by God, loved by society, whatever. And then, of course, uh, part of that also, maybe a, a corollary to that is that anything bad that we do results in some level of punishment, disappointment, um, chastisement by parents, by God, by society. And what if none of that's true? What if, what if God just loves us? He just loves us. He just wants us. What if that's true? And so anything that I experience that I perceive as punishment is just part of my imperfect nature and the imperfect nature of the people that I live with, the imperfect nature of my my own uh, wants and desires, and the imperfect nature of the world and society. And, and I just am experiencing the fallout from some of that. What if that's true? And as a result of that, I gain experience. And as a result of the experience that I gain, I become a better um and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change that. And it's not better on a scale of good to bad or bad to good. It's better on the scale of more who God wants me to be or who God sees that I can be. Better as in better refined. Better as a better conduit of the, the love of God. Those experiences, those hard things, those um, quote unquote punishments, which... Um, if we can agree that they did not come from God, they just came from human life, uh, from the earthly experience that we're, that we're in the middle of. What if that is, what if that's the goal? What if that's the point that as we have these experiences, as we fall down and get back up and fall down and get back up and fall down and get back up, um, that makes us a more, I don't even know what word I'm looking for. Because I, I don't want to say better. It's not, it doesn't make us a better person. It makes us a more, a more, come up with a better word for me. I'm stuck. It makes us more of who we are. When Allison and Justin were dating, we spent a few days with Justin. He was visiting, and the day that he was planning on going back home, uh, he sat down with me and and just he had opened up the door, saying, 
I'm open to answering any questions that you have. Any question you have about me, about my family, about my upbringing, about my priorities, about my, etc. He was open to it. He was willing to, to share his thoughts. And so this day, just before I was planning on leaving, he said, what are your impressions of me? And I thought that is a really gutsy question because you might get an answer. And I gave him an answer. The thing that was really interesting to me, the way that I answered the question was he and Allison compliment, complimented, they, they, um, and I'm not talking about a, <laughs> a compliment on you look so nice today. It was, they, they paired with each other so well that Allison was more Allison. She became a deeper version of Allison when they were together. And I liked that a lot. I liked that she was a dipper, a deeper, richer, more robust version of herself. So maybe that's, I don't know what the word for that is, but maybe that's what God wants for us. That as we have these, these experiences, we become deeper and richer and more robust versions of ourselves. What if that is what it means to be perfect, to become a deeper, a richer, a more robust version of ourselves? Not necessarily less inclined to do unkind or evil things. And, And I think that could be part of it. I think that could be part of it, but I don't know that that's necessarily the goal. There is no way in our earthly experience, this is my opinion, no way that we're going to achieve a level of sinlessness, um, mistakelessness that's going to qualify us for living with God. That is not the point. Um, And so that's where we get into the cultural issues, that even though we have this doctrinal issue, that the mistakes that we make, the imperfections that we have, the, the blindness, uh, as in this, this man in the Bible story. What if all of our mistakes and our weaknesses, what if all of that is so that we can be a manifestation of God and his power? How does that change how you interpret that scripture? How does it change how you embody the command to be therefore perfect? What if perfection is not being less less imperfect, less um, mistake-ridden, but more you? Be ye therefore perfect. So I think culturally, as Christians, we need to take pressure off of ourselves and certainly off of each other, but for sure we need to take pressure off of ourselves to achieve uh, the, the pressure we put on ourselves to achieve some level of, of flawlessness because that's an impossible target. That is, it's not something that we're going to reach. So there's a, um, a scripture in the book of Mormon that again, I wasn't planning on talking about this specific scripture, so I don't have it. Um, I don't have it pulled up or, or ready to quote specifically, but, but Nephi teaches that we'll be saved by grace after all we can do. And so the question that I have is, <laughs> the first question I had is, what's all we can do? And I don't think, I think that goes along with this idea of a flawlessness perfection. It doesn't exist. All we can do. 
doesn't exist because there's always more. There's always something different. There's always something more better that we could be doing. So my new question is, who's we? We are saved by grace. After all, we can do. And uh, after reading some of the things in this uh, original grace book by Adam Miller, I think the we is me plus Jesus Christ. We become perfected in Christ. It's not perfect with Christ. It's perfected in Christ. And I'm not quite sure what that all means. Let me just take a quick stab at it, and then uh, I'll leave you to the rest of your uh, afternoon or morning or evening. The way I think it's uh, the way Adam Miller describes it in his book is that we, with Christ, become a new creature. We are perfect. We, me, plus Jesus Christ, that entity, that partnership, that pairing becomes perfect. And then we are saved by grace. After all we, I plus Jesus Christ can do. So how does that change the the thought, the maybe the pressure that we put on ourselves to become without flaw? Because I try and sometimes I just still make mistakes. I still say things that I probably shouldn't say. I think things not super kind. I <laughs> maybe do things that don't take me in the direction that I want. I'm an imperfect person and I'm not quite there yet. But if I can take some of the pressure off myself that my goal isn't to become without flaw. My goal is to become finished. My goal is to become more rich and deep and robust as a child of God. And with the understanding that nothing I, nothing I do is going to make him love me more or less, his love for me is fixed. My value as a human being is fixed. And then I can just... Um, focus on becoming, on being rather than doing. The doing is going to be exhausting. The being, I think, is going to lead to the doing. As I become who he wants me to be, I'm a natural byproduct, product, <laughs> natural byproduct of that is I'm going to do the things. Um, I saw a text message from somebody the other day that said something about um, as we are instruments in God, God's hands, then we'll do things that will affect people's lives. And, and I thought, you know, the idea that we have to, I think we are, we are, we are the answer to other people's prayers, our behavior, our presence, our words, our deeds, many times do answer people's prayers. But that seems like it's, we're chasing things we don't know what other people's needs are necessarily. I may know certain things that people are struggling with and maybe some things that I can do that will alleviate that some of that. Um, but then I'm still, I'm still shooting in the dark, trying to figure out what can I do 
the, to the, the brother that I minister to that's going to make a difference for him in his trials. And I don't know. And so I may just grasp at straws. I may just throw things at the wall, see what sticks. And, and I, may, I may never make it. But on the other hand, I think that as I become a richer, deeper, more robust version of me, then I will, a byproduct of that, a byproduct of that is that I will do things. And it may be something that, that um, seems insignificant, like dropping off a chocolate cake for him that can make a big difference. And I don't, I don't make chocolate cake because I want to change people's lives. I want to make chocolate cake because I want to share. And it makes me a better person. It makes me the person that I want to be. So that was a lot of things. We talked about a lot of things. And I don't know if any of it <laughs> was uh, making the point that I really uh, imagined at the start of this that I was going to make. But um, I really wanted to address this idea of be therefore perfect. And the, the, the thought that we, I think, culturally adopt many times that some level of being without flaw is the goal. I don't think it is. I don't think it's possible. I don't think that the pressure we would put on ourselves as we fail towards that end is going to make us any better. Uh, in fact, it may just um, give us give us more anxiety or more reason to, to um, withdraw from where God wants us to be and what he wants to do, uh, wants us to, to become. So there you go. There's my thought. I don't know. Um, I don't know what we're going to talk about next week. Come back, be surprised. Um, I've got, uh, things that, that I imagine are going to be helpful and, um, fun, fun for me. And if you come along and listen, that would be fantastic. <laughs> Have a great week and thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Chocolate Cake Bites. Please like, share, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating to review. We'd love to hear your comments and ideas, and you can reach out to me at ken at chocolatecakebites.com. And before you end the day, take a few minutes to consider, who do you know who needs chocolate cake? <laughs>